0: Island Church in Galveston, Texas welcomes you to our podcast. Be encouraged by Pastor Rusty Martin as he teaches the Word of God. Studying the subject of redemption, we've gotten to a man named Abraham. We didn't get as far as his name being changed yet. We'll do that tonight, try to do that tonight. But I wanted to go over to the book of Galatians chapter 3 and show you something here. Throughout the the letters to the church, there is mention of Abraham. We know there in in Romans chapter 3, talking about being fully persuaded that what God had promised, he was also able to perform. Remember that? You know, it talks about him there in Hebrews that he went forth not knowing where. He just obeyed God. Didn't even know where he was going. Ever felt like that? (laughs) Just go out and obey God. Amen? I mean, that's literally... Abraham, that was him. But here in Galatians, it says something very unique, and I wanted to reference it before we went over and, and begin to study it from the standpoint of Genesis' uh, account of it. Always remember as we study these subjects on these Wednesday night teachings, we're doing our best to stay on the redemptive side, the redemptive view of what we're looking at. That doesn't mean we won't reference faith or something that was a miracle or a sign or something like that. But we're trying to keep that redemptive view to build into you the, the whole picture of what redemption is. You know, one, one, one guy who teaches on redemption a lot said, you know, sometimes it helps to see where you've come from uh, to, to have an understanding of where you're going. Now, an understanding of where we've come from is not so much about our personal history, but our human history, how the human family has gotten into the place that it is right now and how blessed we are to be who we are, to know what we know and to do what we're doing. You say, well, how do you know we're blessed? Because I have Peace. Nothing else in life can produce peace but God, especially at this day, at this hour, at this late hour in the kingdom. And I guarantee you, if you don't have peace, you're not walking with God because only God can produce the type of peace that is needed in this day and hour. Amen? Now, now here in Galatians, let me read it here in chapter 3. I'm going to just read it in the King James. I get in another translation. I'll I'll ramble around too much. Uh, Verse 6 It says, even as Abraham believed God and it was accounted to him for righteousness. Everybody say righteousness. It says, know ye therefore they they, uh, which are of faith. Everybody say of faith. Now that's a unique statement. They that are of faith. It doesn't name some persuasion, denomination, or cult. It just says those that are of faith. We know faith to be one of the six basic doctrines of Christ, faith in God. The Bible says without faith it's impossible to please Him. So faith is an important subject, amen? So here we are, uh, know ye therefore that they which are of faith, the same are the children of Abraham. And the Scripture, foreseeing that God would justify the heathen through faith, preached before the gospel unto Abraham, saying, in thee shall all of the nations be blessed. So then they which be of faith, there's that term again, of faith, are blessed with faithful Abraham for as many are as of the works of the law are under the curse for it is written cursed is everyone that continueth not in all things which are written in the book of the law to do them but no man is justified by the law in the sight of God it is evident for the just shall live by faith now notice and the law is not of faith the man that doeth them shall live excuse me the law is not of faith but the man that doeth them shall live in them Christ hath redeemed us from the curse of the law being made a curse for us for it is written cursed is everyone that hangeth on a tree And I notice here we want to wind it up that the blessings of abraham might come on the gentiles through jesus christ that we might receive the promise of the spirit through faith Amen. well i know that was a big mouthful but it was worth reading it so you would know that there may be a little uh, relevance to this guy abraham Amen. So let's go back to, go back to, 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 Genesis chapter 12. Now I find that interesting. The Bible said that God, uh, before time or, or in his day, in the day in which he lived, preached the gospel to Abraham. So Abraham knew what the plan was. He said he preached the gospel to him. What is the gospel? It's the good news of redemption. So God must have, he must have said, now Abraham, now we know the written blessings, the written promises that God gave him, beginning right there in chapter 12, verse 1. Amen. Amen. But then God had to have taken him aside and say, now look, here's how it's going to be. You know, you're going to be a man. Out of you is going to come a a son. Out of that son is going to come another son. Eventually, you're going to turn into 12 different sons. Those 12 different sons are going to be carried away into Egypt. They're going to form a a huge nation in Egypt. Then I'm going to bring them out of Egypt. And when I bring them out of Egypt, I'm going to do it to form a nation. Out of that nation will come a a priesthood, and a priesthood will have a kingly lineage. Out of that kingly lineage, I'm going to rise up a king and out of that king is going to come a seed not not seeds but seed he's talking about jesus so that the way that god gets jesus to the earth through redemptive justice everybody say redemptive justice you say what does that mean doing it the right way No cheating, no fudging, none of that kind of stuff. Doing it the right way, you say, according to whose laws or rules. All I know is the Bible says that God does all things according to the counsel of his own will. And his will must be just. You say, why? Because I'm saved. You say, what does that mean? That means we must have gotten justified, not by our own works or that which we have done or the condition of who we are when we're born upon this earth. It had to be by another means. And thank God it was by Jesus Christ. Amen. So here we begin to see that God communicated. Notice there in verse 1 of Genesis chapter 12, God communicated with him. Now, I'm going to do my best to kind of flow kind of chronologically here in the story of Abraham. We know it's more than 25 years in being laid out. It brings us to what I call a redemptive conclusion in Genesis 22. You say, what do you mean by that? Well, in looking in Genesis chapter 22, I I don't think we'll get there tonight because when I get there, I want to take a full service just to go into Genesis chapter 22 because there's so many types and shadows that refer to the redemptive work of Christ. But now this is an amazing drama that begins in the life of a man named Abram when God speaks to him. How did that take place? Well, we have other, other references of communication with Abraham when it said God appeared unto him or the angel of the Lord appeared unto him. But all it, all it says here is God spoke or God said. Amen. So obviously, man, even in his fallen condition at that time, still had the ability to hear from God, which is good news because if we didn't have that ability to hear from God, we wouldn't be saved today. Thank God the gospel goes forth and draws the hearts of men and women. Now notice that we read this last week, so we'll pick it up here. Verse 1, Now the Lord had said unto Abram, Abram means chief shepherd, Get thee out of thy country, from thy kindred, from thy father's house, unto a land that I will show thee, and I will make of thee a great nation. Everybody say nation. And I will bless thee, and make thy name great, and thou shalt be a blessing. Notice the purpose of being blessed. to be a blessing that's why God blesses us to be a blessing oh I'm glad you're so happy amen (laughs) a great nation everybody say great nation thou shalt be a blessing I will bless them that bless thee and curse him that curses thee and in thee shall all the families of the earth be blessed now what what a way to contact somebody what a way to say hello what a way to introduce yourself You know, it's kind of like, that's how God does things. That's exactly what he did. We'll study it when he comes to Mary in the form of this big angel named Gabriel who we know is an archangel who busts into her house and says, hail thou that are highly favored of thee. The Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou among women. Women. She probably went, "Woo!" Wonder what's in the water this week. But I tell you, God has a way of making himself known and I know we live in a dispensation in which the just live by faith (laughs) but the apostle Paul was still knocked off his donkey by a light that shined brighter than the noonday sun you say what point are you trying to make with God nothing is impossible so don't quit praying for that loved one that was for somebody amen so and all the families of the earth shall be blessed everybody say blessed now notice verse 4 says so Abraham departed but now, this is interesting because if you study most theologians, most Bible scholars, they will tell you that from the time that God spoke in verses 1, 2, and 3, till the time you get to chapter 4, it's five years. A little slow getting going. <laughs> Sometimes you're a little slow getting going, amen? But thank God he got going, amen? Uh, look down, he talks about him leaving with with uh, he and his, his uh, uh his what would it be? Lot would be his cousin, his brother's son, it would be his nephew. Verse uh, seven says, "The Lord appeared unto Abraham and said unto him, Now this continues the the promise that he gets. unto thy seed. Will I give this land?" And there he built an altar unto the Lord who appeared. Now notice the word appeared. Who appeared unto him? So so how that how that. At manifestation took place. I don't know, but it, he appeared unto him because that's exactly how the Holy Ghost translates this. Moses is the one getting this revelation upon the mount and that's how he sees it in the spirit. So that's how it's translated. He appeared unto him. And so he builds an altar. So not only is uh, an initiation, a uh, an introduction has taken place, but that introduction was responded to with obedience. And as that introduction was responded to with obedience, then Abraham, or Abram as he was known at that time, he built an altar unto the Lord. An altar is a type of submission. It is a type of worship. There's so much you can read. There's so many types in the word altar. But what he was doing is he was taking that introduction to another level. He was starting to fellowship. He was starting to fellowship. Oh, isn't it good when you start fellowshipping with God? I said, isn't it good when you start fellowshiping with God? You say, well, he's a good fellowshipper. He'll hang around you as much as you want to. I ought to get a better amen than that. I hope you're hanging around him enough. He'll hang around you as much as you want to. Uh, We were reading a, a little devotional this morning and it talked about, you know, walking perpetually, you know, with an awareness in the presence of God. Well, every Christian ought to be doing that always aware of him, always aware of his presence, something always rolling through your head, either a prayer or a scripture or something you're believing God for, something you're projecting into your future that's spiritual, that's from your spirit, man, instead of thinking about all this garbage that's out in the world. Amen. That's enough to soil up your mind. You need a good brainwashing when you come to church. Man, don't go to that island church, just brainwash it. said, man, that's exactly what I need. Amen? Now, after this, they... they now, and I'm not going to read all through this, but we're trying to keep it in chronological order. They, they end up in Egypt because of a famine. And in Egypt, Pharaoh's servants and people around Pharaoh begin to kind of flirt with Sarah, Abram's wife, who is also heir or part of the promises that God was given. And next thing you know, all kind of bad stuff starts happening plague comes on and he's kind of like hey man what's going on here and he says well she's really my wife and he's like oh my goodness he says you know i mean uh how come you lied to me well we see something here that's unique and that's that you're not exempt because you have a character flaw that's not the first that's the first time he does it but that's the only time he does it amen he could have caused a war he could have caused all kinds of problems but you know, just because you have a character flaw in you does not mean that God cannot use you. He said, Well, I don't believe that. Well, no wonder he doesn't use you. <laughs> Amen. You say, Why? Well, because it's only the foolish things that confound the wise. And it's most of us that have several character flaws that we're all working on that God can use because we know without God we can't do anything and we're nothing. So thank God for Abram that he didn't sell himself out just because he made a mistake because he makes a few as you'll see here in a little bit. But now he's continuing. Listen, he's still walking with God. He's still fellowshipping with God. He's initiating some things. Pharaoh finally got got delivered of that. He got out of there. Now notice chapter 13, verse 1. Now notice this. It says, And Abram went up out of Egypt... He and his wife and all that he had and Lot with him into the south. And Abram was, notice this, very rich in cattle and silver and in gold. Now you say, well, well, I don't know if it's the Lord's will that I have uh, just, you know, more than just, you know, a couple of sticks and a, a little bit of meal to cook a cake with and barely make it every day. Well, I don't believe in a bunch of extremism a bunch of excess, but I do believe that there is an abundance that God's people can walk in. Amen? Now obviously it doesn't say this about Abram all over there in, verse, in chapter 12 because it took some time, but during this time in Egypt obviously God favored him and blessed him and when he left, when he left Egypt, which is a type of, of the world, he left blessed. Yeah. That's also a redemptive truth. You say, why? I'm telling you when the rapture of the church takes place, it's going, to be, it's going to cause an economic ripple around this world that's going to thrust this world into the economic crisis that everybody sees coming. Oh, we ought to get a better amen than that. Wake up to the day that we're living in. Amen? Now go down there to verse, uh, verse 8. And Abram said to Lot, Let there be no strife, I pray thee, between me and thee, and between my herdsmen and thy herdsmen, for we be brethren. Everybody say, we be brethren. It says, Is not the whole land before thee. Separate thyself, I pray thee, from me. If thou wilt take the left hand, then I will go to the right, or if thou wilt depart to the right hand, then I will go to the left. Lot lifted up his eyes and saw all the plain of Jordan, that it was well watered everywhere. And before the Lord, this is before the Lord destroyed Sodom and Gomorrah. Even, now notice this, isn't this an interesting phrase? Even as the garden of the Lord. Isn't that an interesting phrase? I don't know about you, but I'd never really noticed that before. But I noticed that and I thought to myself, well, were they, were they just so, you know, developed in what they were doing? This is after the flood in Abraham's day, that that thing was so well well laid out and so well done. But, you know, they fell into sin. Sodom and Gomorrah came out of it. That's what the Bible says. Don't think of yourself more highly than you ought to. When you get over and study the enemy of God, Satan, you'll see that's one of the things he did. He got his eyes off God, got his eyes on himself, got into trouble. Boy, that'll get you every time, amen? Now, separate. Everybody say, separate. Sometimes there's a blessing in separation. You know, there's people in your life many times, especially if they drag you down, it ain't hard to figure out that you may need to separate from them. And listen, it's not an act. You say, well, I'm just trying to hang in there and love them. Well, sometimes you can't hang in there and love them if every time you're around them, they destroy your faith. You're not strong enough to do that yet. Not that you shouldn't love your loved ones. Not not that you shouldn't uh, believe God for your family and your friends. You know, but there's sometimes, I've watched people over the years that'll go off and, you know, spend four or five days with their family and come back and almost be backslid. You think, where have you been? What have you been doing? You say, well, how do you know that? Well, you can smell it in the Spirit sometimes. You see, that's really prevalent, prevalent in Europe where a lot of people, they go off uh, for what they call holiday. You know, it's, it's, it's very uh, well known that, that, that over there, families will go and spend two weeks and then men will go off by themselves for two weeks. Or you, what do you think they're doing? Discussing the deeper things of the Spirit? <laughs> no, they're not. They're discovering the depths of the immorality in the flesh is what they're doing. So the whole world is caught up in that. But thank God we've got a greater purpose, amen? So sometimes you just got to separate from mindsets and ideas. I know that there are mindsets that are unique to different cultures, to different ethnic groups, but they're not healthy to good, righteous fellowship in Christianity. You say, what do you mean by that? Well, we're called to love everybody. And like I said on Sunday, not that it would be so much of an effort, effort that it would be our nature, my goodness, that we would have a nature of love one toward another, that just because we are all bought with the same precious price, the blood of Christ, we would love one another. Amen? So we know that separation took place, and we know the end of the story of what happened with Lot. Now notice here in verse 19 of chapter 13, the Lord said unto Abram, after that Lot was separated from him, now notice this, lift up nigh thine eyes and look from the place where thou art, northward and southward, eastward and westward. For all the land, everybody say all the land, which thou seest to thee, uh, will I give it unto thy seed forever. And I will make thy seed as the dust of the earth, so that if a man can number the dust of the earth, then shall thy seed also be numbered. Arise, everybody say arise. arise. Arise and walk through the land in the length of it and the breadth of it, for I will give it unto thee. Everybody say give it unto thee. Now, God is beginning to deal with him based upon the promises because Abraham is in a process. Everybody say process. That means he is in a process of faith growing in him. He is in a process of getting acquainted with this God that dared to introduce himself to Abram. He is literally in a a fight For the destiny of humanity, whether he knows it or not at this time, we know at some point God preaches the gospel to him and he understands what he's involved in. This is big. This is for God so loved the world big. And sometimes we think that what we're involved in may be small, but it's not. If it, if one person comes to Jesus, if one per person finds light in the midst of all this darkness, if one per person finds his way, the Bible says where there seemed to be no way, they find Christ. Listen, it's worth all that we do, all that we spend, anywhere that we go, because it's that big. Did y'all see those pictures from uh from that new telescope that they uh. It's not the Hubble, but they have a new one. the The Ted something I think is what they call it. Anyway, they had these pictures of the what they call the very uh, end or the uh, the very uh, end of the universe. Amazing! I mean, they didn't even know how to describe it. I mean, it's incredible, incredible. And, and what's amazing about it? The light of that. They say this is the point in which the uh, uh, the Big Bang happened. I said, Hey, you you don't know uh, the Big Bang. Amen. We we know the Big bang, bang, Amen. Who the Big Bang is, <laughs> Amen. And you know when God said, "Let there be light," they say that that light is moving out into those expanses of darkness beyond it, at the speed of light, one hundred eighty six thousand miles per second. When God said, "Let there be light," it's still it's still light is still being. Well, let's don't get up on that. Part of redemption, Amen. So Abram needed visual stimulation from God. I could, I could see him walking, kicking the dust, thinking, man, I tell you what, I, I, my, maybe I lost my mind. You ever think that? Maybe I lost my mind, got caught up with all them tongue talkers. Well, there's people that talk like that all the time. Yeah, I went down there to Island Church, they're right? oh, all crazy. Well, you know, I mean, crazy is what crazy is. But I could imagine there were times in which he would begin to get discouraged. So God began to stimulate him visually by saying to him, "All right, Abram. See, as you're kicking through this dust, I want you to understand some about the promises I've given you. That one day your seed will be as the dust of this entire desert. So, so, so many of them it's innumerable. You will not be able to count them all. What's he doing?" He's reinforcing the promise. This is a 25-year process from the time that God spoke to Abram when he's 75 years old until he was 100 years old when Isaac was born. This process is key to the process of redemption because God needed a man upon the earth willing to give his only begotten son so it would release God under a covenant, which we'll see in just a moment, for God to give his only begotten son so that we might be saved. So that's why this is important. That's why we must study it. So, So whether he's walking through that through that dust doesn't matter as that dust flies up in his face now it's not a discouragement now it's not just something to be wiped off because it gets into his sweat now every speck of that dust means another another seed another heir to that seed he's talking about us he's talking about not just the nation of Israel but every person that would get born again every person washed in that blood and every human person that would be united to their creator God through the finished work of Jesus well I know Chapter 14 talks about a war. War has always gone on up on the planet ever since Cain and Abel. This this insertion that took place, they went in, they took their Sodom, Gomorrah, all those those cities of that particular plain lot, which which was the nephew of Abram. So Abram gathered his men, went after, everybody say went after it, and prevailed against them, and not only took what was taken from them, but also took spoil. Everybody say, spoil. Now notice in verse, well, let's see. Notice in verse 17, it said, this is after they'd won the battle, the king of Sodom went out to meet him after his return from the slaughter of Lamar, and the kings that were with him at the valley of Shavah, which is the king's dale. Now notice this, verse 18. And Melchizedek, everybody say Melchizedek. Melchizedek. And Melchizedek, king of Salem, brought forth bread and wine, and he was the priest of the Most High God. And he blessed him and said, Blessed be Abram of the Most High God, possessor of heaven and earth, and blessed be the Most High God, which hath delivered thine enemies unto thine hand and he gave him tithes of all. Now the he there in every reference that I could find refers to Abraham, or Abram, excuse me, Abraham. Now first of all, I've heard some teaching on Melchizedek, but I'm telling you the only information we've got on him is what the Bible tells us. Some way this man was a perpetual priest of the Most High God, a pre-incarnate Christ type of pre-incarnate Christ. I don't know, but he was a being or an entity upon the earth that obviously had connection, and I like to say it like this, redemptive connection with God because he was able to bless Abram, who was God's guy. Abram must have recognized something about him. The Bible said he came from Salem, but that's our first reference we see to the city of God, which is Jerusalem. So who is this guy? Well, who knows? But I'm going to support his ministry. (laughs) Amen. That's what Abram said. Who is this guy? He's coming out here with this bread and wine. Now, you want to talk about all the uh, the types and shadows of the bread and the wine, of the Word of God, the Spirit of God, of the Word of God, of the anointing, of the gifts of the Spirit, all of the different things that the bread and wine could signify, and here comes Melchizedek, and Abram says, whoa, here's the king of Sodom. He He sees a Sodomite. He comes out there, no telling what he wants or how he wants to bend or spend the thing. But then here comes Melchizedek, and he comes out, and he blesses him and provides bread and wine for him. And and man, Abram says, I'm going to support your ministry, buddy. I'm going to give you 10%. I'm going to tithe. Now, listen, listen. This is, you're going to hear a lot of stuff about, I know there's a big preacher out there talking about how, you know, he's got a new revelation about how we're not supposed to tithe. So I listened to it, and it's just connected to a, a real twist on the grace message, which... they need to to get rid of that because it's messing up a lot of people. But this shows us right here in redemptive light that tithing came before the law, which gives tithing Genesis significance, which I always reference it like this. If we're living in a dispensation of the acceptable year of the Lord in which grace and mercy are upon us, And the Bible says all the promises of God are in him, yea, and in him, amen, to the glory of God by us. So that means by choice I submit to the will of God and the Word of God as it is revealed to me. And as tithing was revealed to me from the Word of God, I begin to obey it. And in in my obedience, I was able to tap into the grace that tithing provides, which is the devourer being rebuked, which is the windows of heaven being opened, which is the seed of God that I sow, not casting its time before the time in the field, which is a timing promise. And I don't relate it back to the law. I I relate it back to the what? What did we read in Galatians? The blessings of Abraham. The blessings of Abraham. The Bible says we are what? Partakers of the blessing of Abraham. We are partakers of the Spirit of God by faith. Well, we'll let that we'll let that ride for a little bit. while it, while it saturates? What's it called? What's it marinates? That was you know. Uh, uh, I have a friend. He's always kind of laughing at trends and things that are going on. So uh, some some church God is moving real powerfully, and they were talking to me about it. We were all kind of kind of you know. But they were talking about how you get slain in the spirit. And you go through these different stages. There's the there's the uh, marinating stages where you're laying there and you're marinating in the spirit. Then there's, there was two others that were just hilarious. Sat, you were saturating, marinating, and pickled. You end up pickled. That's right. You end up pickled. I've gotten close, but I don't know if I've been pickled yet. You know, I may be pickled right now. I don't know. You can't ever tell. Hallelujah. How are we doing on time? Oh, we're good. Are y'all liking this? I tell you, we're building to something. So he's got his man. Chapter 15. It says, after these things, the word of the Lord. Now here's another way of, another way of communication with Abram. Came unto Abram in a vision saying, Fear not, Abram, I'm thy shield and thy exceeding great reward. Abram said, Lord God, wilt thou? What wilt thou give me, seeing I go childless, and the steward of my house is this Eliezer of Damascus? And Abram said, Behold, to me thou hast not given seed. And lo, one born in my house is mine heir. Now, you ever ever just kind of complain to God, kind of whine? You know, anyway, God can still use you. Amen. Amen. And behold, the word of the Lord came unto him and said, This shall not be thine heir. But he that shall come forth out of thine own bowels shall be thine heir. And he brought him forth abroad and said, look now toward the heaven and tell the stars. Everybody say, tell the stars. If thou be able to number them. And he said unto them, so shall thy seed be. And he believed in the Lord and it was counted to him for righteousness. Now here's the deal. He takes him out. Now he's dealt with his eyes in the daytime. So obviously he's getting discouraged in the night. So he says, come on out here. And he said, yeah, you're making all these promises, but I don't see nothing going on. He okay. He says, we're fixing to get with it now. He says, now come out here and I want you to look at the stars. He goes, okay. He's out looking at the stars. You can imagine what the stars must have looked like about 4,000 years ago. Amen. Without all the lights of the big cities and everything now. I bet it was something else. He says, now if you can count them all, you can count all the people that are going to be your heirs. So shall your seed be. He's looking at the stars in the sky. Now he's dealt with his eyes in the daytime. He's dealing with his eyes. What's he doing? He's continually putting the promises of God in front of his eyes. Showing us a redemptive principle of us, what? Keeping the word of God. My son or daughter, attend unto my word. Incline thine ears unto it, saying, let it not depart from mine eyes. Keep it in the midst of thy heart. Why? For it is life unto those that find them. And health, health, health to all in the flesh. Every time you read the Bible, you ought to claim it's health benefits. Thank you, Father. I just took my morning medicine. Glory to God. The word is working mightily in me. Hallelujah. So he deals with his eyes then something unusual happens. Look at this. Yeah, we we can get through this. It says, uh, he said, I'm looking for a eight. he said, Lord God, whereby shall I know that I shall inherit it? Talking of all these promises he had given him. He said unto them, take me a heifer of three years old, a she-goat of three years old, a ram of three years old, a turtle dove, and a young pigeon. And he took all of them. And he took unto him all of these and divided them in the midst and laid each piece one against the other, but the birds divided he not. Now this is, you would think, wow, where'd we drive in the ditch now? You know, we're going from this spiritual encounter with God and God is appearing unto Abram and all, and now we're cutting animals from the nose to their tail. That's what it meant. To cut it like that is meant to, not 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 halfway in this, no. From its nose to its tail, you cut them in half. All of the different ones of three, significance to everyone. You should go study. Everyone cut them, cut them, and then let them fall apart from one another, creating, and see, Abram knew this. He was an ancient. He knew about covenants. He knew we're fixing to cut a covenant here. We're fixing to cut a covenant here. And so all of a sudden he realizes, oh my God, am I getting into a covenant with God? With the creator? And he's standing there about ankle deep in in guts and blood. Literally, this is what is happening. And he's standing there waiting for what God's going to do. Now notice the next verse though, this is important. It says, and when the fowls came down upon the carcasses, Abram drove them away. Now, man, you want to, I mean, we could park here and preach the rest of the night real easy. This is the type of your sacrifice. This is the type of the covenant that God has for you. And everything that God has for you, from prosperity to healing, the destiny of your life, everything lies in this covenant. And I'm telling you, there's some birds, there's some predators, there's some things that want to fly into your life, tear it up and carry it off. And most people are expecting God to do something about those birds, but we know from beginning through redemptive truth or redemptive revelation, no, you're going to have to fight those birds off yourself. That fear that comes to your mind, those stories that come to... I was talking to a preacher the other day. We were talking about different stories that are told about us. I laughed so hard at some of the things he said that were said about him. Then I told him a few that are said about me. He laughed even harder. I thought to myself, my God, if we respond, I like what something Brother Osteen said. He said, if we responded to everything that was said and every person said that we were going to die or that we were doing this or doing that or cheating on our wives or stealing money or doing that, if we we took a step back for every time somebody said that, we'd be standing in the middle of the Atlantic Ocean. My goodness, people have been talking about me since the day I come out and said, I'm right with God. People would say, he's lost his mind again. You got to drive the fouls off. The enemy's going to send junk into your life to nullify everything God's trying to do for you. And listen, when you can look back over a few years and a few decades and see the bigger picture of what God has brought you through and how he's done it, you thank God that he gave you the authority and the understanding to cut that stuff out of your life and to drive those fouls out of your life. Now notice this. It says, when the fowls came down upon the carcasses, Abram drove him away. And when the sun was going down, a deep sleep fell upon Abram. And lo, a horror of great darkness fell upon him. And he said unto Abram, Know of a surety that thy seed shall be a stranger in a land that is not theirs. He's talking about going to Egypt. And she'll serve them. They shall afflict them 400 years. And also that nation whom they shall serve will I judge. And afterward shall they come out with great substance. And thou shalt go into thy fathers in peace and shall be buried in a good old age. But in the fourth generation, they shall come hither again for the iniquity of the Amorites is not yet full. And it came to pass when the sun went down it was dark. Behold, a smoking furnace, a burning lamp that passed between those pieces. And in the same day, the Lord made covenant with Abram, saying unto, him, saying, unto thy seed, unto thy seed, have I given this land from the river of Egypt unto the great river Euphrates. You say, now where, where, now where does the UN say, where does, where does the Hezbollah say, where, where do, no, no, here's, here's the boundaries of Israel. Well, I don't see that. I think we need to give back the goal. Now, hold on. I will bless them that bless thee. I will curse them that curse thee. Amen. And this is what God says in Genesis, in beginnings. Come on, church. You say, why? I'm trying to show you. When God says something, He means it. Just like when He said, By His stripes you're healed. Just like He said, My God shall supply all of your need according to His. I mean, mean, He. He said it. It's truth. Amen. And notice what it says. He made covenant with him. I've given him the land from the, river, from the river of Egypt. You know what that is? That's the Nile. Under the great river, the river Euphrates, the Canaanites, the Kezerites, the Kimononites, the, Kedah- the Hittites, the Pezerites, uh, the Rephrams, Rifer- the, the, the Amorites, the Canaanites, the Girgashites, and the Jebusites. Man, got a bad case of the ites. So we know, now Abram is in covenant with God. His continual responding to God has brought him full circle in that being introduced, an introduction being made, continuing that with fellowship, raising that to another level in which you actually have relationship and brought him right into covenant with God. Covenant was absolute in those days and is in this day. Men don't treat it that way. They treat things like contracts. Amen. That's why marriage is still considered a covenant. That's why you ought to fight to keep one instead of get out of one. Amen. Now, here, 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 is, here is Abram. He's cut this covenant with God. And you'd think everything would be okay. But in reality, after cutting this covenant with God, which I guarantee you was his greatest spiritual experience, one of the biggest mess-ups of the Bible happens. So we're going to pick that up next week. Are Zegan with us next week? Is that next week? Yeah, that's next week. So the next week. We'll look at how God can bring you out of your biggest disaster. Even when that disaster looks just like you. Amen? Even if it was too good to be true. Oh, really? Is that what the Lord said? Amen? So we'll meddle with Abram and Sarah's marriage here next time. And you'll see that God is able to bring us out of some of the biggest mistakes that people can make. Aren't you glad? Aren't you glad? That's why we're here. Amen? Praise God. Stand on your feet tonight. Father, we thank you so much. Let these wonderful truths begin to resonate in us. Thank you that we are of a fa- we are of faith of our father Abraham. He believed God and it was counted unto him for righteousness. We believe in Jesus and it's counted unto us for righteousness. Thank you, Father. Let's take a moment and just worship God. Just take a moment and worship him. We worship you, Lord. Thank you for these great patriarchs. Thank you for these great ancient truths. Forever, O oh Lord, your word is settled in heaven. Thank you in these last days, there's a, a surety, a place in the spirit, place in the rock which you have provided and these wonderful examples of faith. Father, we thank you for our inspiration for these last days. As we are navigating the future just as Abraham did, going forth in faith, following the Spirit of God. Thank you for your protection, your safety on all of our congregation, those that are here, those that are traveling. Thank you, Lord God. No evil befalls us. No plague comes in our dwelling place. Angels have charge over us. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Father. In our righteous labors, and all that we do, people in their jobs, others in business, people in ministry, Lord, all that we put our hand to, we thank you, Prosper. Give us wisdom to keep what we have To increase in the midst of decrease, step forward when others are stepping back. Thank you, Lord God. Thank you for your fire burning in our hearts. Let us have a compassion toward the hurting. Let us compel them, Lord, through that which we live and say, to come to the house of the Lord, experience his goodness and grace. Lord, as we leave tonight, we walk in faith and love toward you. We love you so much. We leave as the ambassadors of Christ you've called us to be. Thanking you, Lord, here at Island Church, we're covered by the blood, empowered by the word, anointed by the Holy Ghost. God bless you. Thank you for listening to Island Church's podcast. To find out more information about Island Church in Galveston, Texas, visit our website at islandchurchgalveston.com. Hallelujah, Jesus.